0: You're listening to The Jeff Cavin Show, episode 183, Asking a Father for the Hand of His Daughter. Hey, I'm Jeff Cavins. How do you simplify your life? How do you study the Bible? All the way from motorcycle trips to raising kids, we're going to talk about the faith and life in general. It's The Jeff Cavin Show. Oh, I remember it so well just like yesterday, even though it was 43 years ago. I remember it was like it was yesterday, asking Andreas Tobler for the hand of his daughter, Emily. And uh, that was quite a day. And I've got to admit that I was nervous, and I wish somebody had kind of coached me on what to say or what to ask, because I went in kind of blind. That's what I want to talk to you about today. Are you thinking about getting married? And uh, this is geared towards men, but it's geared towards women who can teach men something too. And uh, if you have sons, you have daughters, uh, you have grandchildren, it might be some good information just to sit down with them and kind of guide them through this process of asking for the hand of someone else's daughter. We'll get to that. Hey, some of you have been asking about the PDF that I have that uh, tells you how many minutes it takes to read each book of the Bible. And you can go to my website, jeffcavins.com, and when you sign up there, we will send you automatically that PDF. It's really kind of a valuable PDF, because I'm an advocate of uh, exchanging news shows and useless television shows and activities for time in God's Word. And at the time of this recording, yep, we're still in COVID-19, and I'm finding that my time with the Lord in Scripture has been uh, so satisfying and is at an all-time high in terms of uh, just the passion for God's Word. And one of the ways that uh, that passion is is kindled is by redeeming the time and making the most of the time and giving up so many things that really don't have consequences and uh, giving my time over to the Word of God. Both Emily and I are doing it, and every morning we spend about an hour in God's Word reading and meditating on the gospel reading of the day. We really love it. Well, you can have that PDF. Just go to my website, jeffcavens.com And if you want the show notes for this show or any of the shows in the future, you can text me, Jeff Cavin's one word, and you can text it to 33777, 33777. Okay, so let's, uh, let's talk about it. I remember when I asked for the hand of Emily back in... 1977. Back in 1977, I knew that I wanted to marry her, but I also knew, and I think it's kind of almost innate, you know, it's built in that you have to talk to her father before you ask her to marry you. Now, truth be known, do you really have to do that? No, but it does show a deep respect, and it shows it shows that you know something a little bit deeper than just simply getting married. You are recognizing that that there is a transfer of uh, protection and care leadership from from a father to a husband and there really is and i got to tell you i you know i i got three girls and one is married and and that was uh <laughs> that was really a, a difficult time to go through. Even though it was a very joyful time to see my daughter get married, I realized that I was giving something up, and I was handing over to Patrick, my son-in-law, handing over to him uh, some responsibility that I, all those years, all those you know, twenty-some years, felt that that was my responsibility, and and that is really that's really something to uh, to go through and i remember uh watching him go up the aisle and how proud i was knowing that this young man was taking on the responsibility that i was in some ways relinquishing because she was forming a new a new family i do also know that there's a lot of people in the world today that their daughters their sons are getting married and they don't have that kind of that kind of certitude you know that their daughter is really going to be taken care of but that is really something very, very, very powerful. well anyway, I um, I made my mind up I wanted to marry Emily, and uh, we went up to a a river up in uh, a little bit towards north northern Minnesota, a place called Malacca uh, by Lake Malax. One of the big lakes in Minnesota, and uh, there we were at Emily's grandmother's house, and her father was standing down in the Rum River. I mean, everybody was down there, kind of talking, and and we were all waiting around in the river. And then everyone left except for my future father-in-law. He didn't know that at the time, but he was standing there, and I remember walking over to him, and and I said, uh, I said Andy, and I, I and he said yes, and. And I, I uh, kind of fumbled through it a little bit, and I said, I, I, "What I'm asking for is, I, I love your daughter, Emily, and, and, I, and I'd really like to marry her, and I, I would like your blessing and your permission." And he was so sweet. He's from, he's from Switzerland, and has an incredibly thick Swiss accent. And he looked at me, and he said, "I guess." And that was about it, you know, and um, and it was very simple, but it was uh, very meaningful for me to actually ask permission to marry to marry Emily, you know. In the Bible, when it comes to uh, a son marrying a daughter. Uh, you will see a pattern in the Bible, and that is that the family is involved in this. It's not just a an individual decision, but oftentimes the, the father or an uncle is involved in the giving away of a daughter to, uh, to a husband. For example, in Genesis chapter 24, and I'll put this in the show notes for you, in Genesis 24, verses 12 through 21, and then 61 through 67, we find that Abraham uh, found someone for his son Isaac. And that was a family situation. His father was a part of that process, uh, which was very important, and it was customary during those times. And even when we see uh, Jacob, who is the, uh, the son of Isaac, we see that it was his uncle Laban who was the one who gave, mm-hmm. gave his uh, daughter Rachel to, to Jacob. And that's in Genesis chapter 29. You might want to read those, both Genesis 24 and Genesis 29 for Isaac and Jacob. But uh, do you have to ask? Do you have to ask for her hand? No, not not, uh, in the strictest sense. But as I said in the opening, it shows a tremendous amount of respect. You see, marrying a woman or marrying a husband— ideally involves the whole family. So I think it's really good to begin your relationship by approaching the man who has been providing the protection and leading that young woman and providing for that young woman all of these years. Because there's something about her that you're so impressed with. There's something about her that you have fallen in love with. And oftentimes, that flows from the nurturing and loving family that that she grew up in. And naturally, her father wants her to find someone like you, somebody that will take care of her and love her and provide for her and protect her. Now, think about Think about a, a couple of things. Number one, and I'm going to get—I'm going to get into seven things to remember. Now, I'm not—I'm not saying you got to write all this down and, and go boom, 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 boom. But you should have some idea of what you want to ask when you ask for the hand of that of that lady. But one of the things I would encourage you to do is to think about where you are going to ask for her hand, because. That might say something about your respect for your future father-in-law. If he is um, uh, if he is an avid fisherman, for example, and you, you ask, could we go fishing? And you now enter into that special time of his life and something that he is uh, deeply involved in to ask him a very, very important question. You might think about a church or a place where your future father-in-law uh, asked his bride to marry him. But you can be creative in doing this. And uh, today, you know, boy, people, they are so creative today with coming up with all kinds of ways to ask for the hand of, uh, of a young lady or where they're going to ask that young lady to marry them. And in some cases, it sounds like it goes a little bit overboard and a little bit of uh, extra money there. But nevertheless, people are making a big deal out of it today. Before I tell you these seven things that I would think about asking, I want you to first think about this. Put yourself in the father's shoes. The man that you're going to ask for his daughter's hand, put yourself in his shoes just for a moment. Now, I've had the advantage of having three daughters, and I'm in that place. And whoever asks me for the hands of my second and third daughter, Jackie and Tony, Uh, I hope that they will put themselves in my shoes and see my daughters the way I see them and love them the way I love them and want to see them protected and provided for uh, in the way that I have provided. What would you want in a son-in-law? What would you want in a son-in-law? Put yourself in the father's shoes. What would you want in a son-in-law? What would you want? A faithful son-in-law? Would you want uh, a, f- a son-in-law who would work hard to provide for the family? A son-in-law who would, who would lead spiritually the family? A son-in-law who would be open to life, would raise kids in the church, uh, put them through a Catholic education? Put yourself in the father's shoes. What is he hoping for? What does he talk about at night with his wife about his daughter and who he hopes she marries? What have they been praying for? Have they been praying for you? Have they been have they been asking God to send some young man who would fit your description into their daughter's life? Just put yourself in the father's shoes i think that's a really important thing to do i'm going to take a break when i come back i've got seven things to think about when asking or seven things you can you can bring into the conversation when asking for the hand of a young lady you're listening to the jeff caven show You know, I have dedicated my life to teaching the Bible and helping people understand the Bible as a narrative in chronological order. Well, this fall, starting Wednesday, mark it down, Wednesday, September 16th at 8 p.m. Eastern, I'll be hosting a live virtual Bible study, eight interactive Facebook live video sessions. I will personally guide you through one of the most popular great adventure Bible studies, Unlocking the Mystery of the Bible. To get the most out of each live session, get your copy of the Unlocking the Mystery of the Bible physical workbook. I'll tell you how to do that in a moment. And when you purchase your copy of the workbook, you'll also get immediate access to the eight pre-recorded video sessions to watch before each live session starting September 16th. During each live session, we will pray together, and we're going to go deeper into what I cover in the study videos, and we're going to do a Q&A and more. Now, here's what you do if you want to be a part of this exciting Bible study opportunity. And by the way, it's a great opportunity to invite others to Bible study, even if they're not part of the Catholic Church. This is an amazing opportunity to understand the Bible as a whole. Now, here's what you do. Text U M. B live. That's all one word. U M B live to 33777. It's an easy number to text to 33777 and we'll send you an email update about the event as it gets closer. You'll also get a link to get your workbook. Listeners of the Jeff Cavan show get an exclusive discount Use the code Jeff Cavens Podcast, all one word, Jeff Cavens Podcast, at checkout, and you'll get $5 off your workbook. So it's very easy. Step one, buy your workbook, and uh, you'll get the timeline chart. You'll get video access to Unlocking the Mystery of the Bible. Step two, watch the first video of the study at ascensionpress.thinkific.com. Com. I'll put this in the show notes in step three. Tune into the first Facebook live on September 16th at 8 p.m. Eastern time to pray and to dive deeper and to ask your questions. This is going to be a great opportunity. I look forward to seeing you September 16th. So you're gonna ask for her hand. What are you gonna say? What are you going to remember? What are you going to rehearse, right? I know you're nervous. Well, I can remember uh, being nervous about asking for Emily's hand, and I know that my son-in-law, Patrick, was nervous about talking to me, and he should be. (laughs) He should be. Because we're talking about big stakes here. We're talking about the lives of my three daughters. So let me give you seven things to think about. And and you know, I got to thinking about this. I said, you don't necessarily have to write it down. Maybe you should write some of this down, because I've got an idea at the end of the show of what you can do with these seven things that you might write down and rehearse so that you can cover this when you ask for her hand. I think that, number one, when you are meeting your future father-in-law, hopefully, one thing that would be good to show him that you are a man of God is to let him know, number one, that you have made this decision through prayer you've brought this to the lord and 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 you've asked the lord to lead you and to guide you and and to give you a peace that passes all understanding and that spiritually speaking and emotionally and mentally you're you're all in you're connected here, and, and you are, you're ready. You're ready for this. You have made this a matter of prayer, and you have some sense of peace from the Lord that this is indeed the one that you are to marry. So number one, make this a decision through prayer. And I would suggest even saying that to your prospective uh, father-in-law, that uh, saying to him, sir, you, I, I have prayed about this I have prayed about this, and you might just want to start off because he's going to be a little bit nervous wondering, what are you getting around to? And that's why I, I tell people, start off by telling him I want to talk to you about your daughter. Now, if he hates you, he'll cut you off immediately. <laughs> you say, ah, let's talk about baseball or something else. But to let him know, I would like to talk about your daughter. And Number one, I have, I have come to some decisions based in prayer. I have prayed about your daughter, and and I love her. Number two, I would explain to him—and you don't have to do this in a bookish way or you know, sound like you're a clinic or something like that—but I think one thing that does impress a good Catholic man, a father, is when a prospective son-in-law understands what a covenant is, that what we're talking about here is not a, just a promise— we're not talking about just uh, common marriage we're not talking about you know some kind of social contract We're talking about entering into a covenant relationship and I would say that to him is that is that I have been studying uh, about covenants and what a covenant is and I understand what saying yes to a covenant is and a, and a covenant, goes beyond a contract it goes beyond simply a, a promise but it is an exchange of persons a giving of yourself completely to somebody else and swearing an oath which is a sacrament it is a sacrament it's not just a a, a common law marriage and it's not just a, an agreement or a, a social promise it is a it is a sacrament and a sacrament means that there is a relationship with the Lord, a connection with the Lord, and the Lord is the bond that brings two people together. And so I would say to him that, that I know that I would be entering into a covenant, a covenant relationship, and, uh, and then to explain uh, a few of the, uh, of the qualities that you are attracted to in his daughter, that would be the reason for wanting to enter into a covenant relationship. No doubt these qualities probably came from the family. They might have come from that man that you're about to talk to. So number one, let him know that you've made the decision through prayer. Number two, let him know that that what you're talking about is a covenant sacramental relationship, and that is what you want in the relationship and what you're saying yes to. Number three uh, is that let him know, look him in the eye and say, I will be faithful to your daughter and that I will love her as Christ loves the church. Ephesians 5 25. It'll be in the show notes. In fact, I'll put all seven of these in the show notes for you. You can get them again by texting my name, Jeff Cavens at 33777. But uh, I think that that is an important thing to say, because you're going to probably say that in your wedding vows, but to let him know one-on-one, just you and him, you're going to remember this the rest of your life when you looked that man in the eyes and said, I'll be faithful to your daughter, and I will love your daughter the way Christ loved the church. And how did he do that? He gave up his life, didn't he? He died for his church. And then number four, I think that uh, number four and number five are are very important for a father to hear from somebody who wants to marry his daughter, because uh, a father can get worried about his daughters. Who's going to provide for them? Who is going to protect them, right? I remember coming back from Steubenville, Ohio, Emily and I drove uh, Carly out to Steubenville, two-day drive out there from Minneapolis. And I remember dropping her off and uh, the next hour in the car driving back, my wife and I both, we couldn't even look at each other or talk. We were looking out the front of the window of the car going 65 miles an hour and just tears flowing from our eyes and couldn't even talk because we were driving away from our daughter. And oh, how I wanted to protect her. Oh, how I wanted to provide for her. Oh, how I wanted to comfort her. That was hard. That was hard. I actually explained that whole that whole story in one of Al Cresta's books about uh, Catholic leaders and the relationships with their family and memorable moments. But for number four, let him know, I will provide for her. Sounds a little bit like the wedding vows, doesn't it? But you're letting him know ahead of time, I will provide for her. I'll put her first, and I will provide for her, number four. And number five is that you will protect her. You'll protect her. You'll put her number one, and you'll make sure that she's protected, that she's protected emotionally, she's protected mentally, she's protected physically, she's protected in, in every way. You'll shelter her and and give her that love and protection that a bride deserves. So you're going to provide for her. You're going to protect her. And number six, another thing to remember when asking for the hand of another man's daughter is that you will freely accept children as a gift from God. You're open to have a family. Do you know what that means? Sometimes I run into families where there's only one daughter. And th- what do the parents want? Well, parents naturally want grandchildren, don't they? And to hear someone say, I am open to life. Whatever God may bring, I'm open to life and accepting children as a gift from God, and I will raise them in the church. Boy, you know, after somebody come up and talk to me that way, and I go home and talk to my wife, I say, you are not going to believe this guy. He's amazing. He's amazing. So then number six, freely accept children, to let them know I'm going to freely accept children as a gift from God, and I'm going to raise them in the church. And then number seven, here's another one to think about, and, and it, it's, it might sound very simple, but I think it's a very important thing, and that is this, thank him for the girl that you have been hoping for all of your life. All of your life, you've been wondering, who will it be? Who will I end up marrying? What kind of family will we have? Well, guess what? You've landed on that girl now. And thank him. Not only today when you ask him for her hand, but thank him at the wedding too. Thank you. Have a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving. Thank him for protecting her and taking care of her. Thanking him for everything he has done for her, for this is now going to be your wife. He deserves some thanks. Heartfelt, meaningful thanks. Because I'll tell you something, he'll never forget it. In fact, you come to him and you let him know that you've made the decision through prayer. You understand what a covenant, a sacrament is. He's hearing you say that, that you'll be faithful and you'll provide for her and protect her and you'll freely accept children and you will raise them in the church and thank him. He's never, ever going to forget that day. And I'm telling you what, you're going to get a guy who's going to get back in his car and go back to his wife, and he's going to be one happy dude. He's going to be one happy guy. I can promise you that. But then, after you have had that talk with him, and listen, you can incorporate some of these things into that, into that talk, I seriously would suggest you write them down. Get the show notes. Just print it out. <laughs> Write them down. Take it with you if you want to. Give them a copy if you want to. But after you've done that, here's what I here's what I would ask him for. And you may never have thought of this before or heard of anybody else, but I have, and it's biblical. Ask for his blessing. Don't ask for his luck. Don't ask for his attaboy. Don't ask for a high five. Ask for his blessing. You see, there's a big difference between yes and a blessing. What do I mean by that? Well, bracha in Hebrew, a blessing, is, is very, very meaningful. When the children of Israel would make one of their three uh, festival uh, pilgrimages to the, to the city of Jerusalem, the final end was the blessing. When the high priest would raise his hands over the people, And say, may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance and give you shalom, peace. That's what they came for, was the blessing. So what is a blessing? So often we think it's kind of like, you know, it's good luck. It's hey, attaboy, you know, thing. but it's not. A blessing entails value. A blessing entails protection. A blessing entails favor and increase, and to bring down divine abundance. Mr. So-and-so, can I receive your blessing in marrying your daughter? Can I receive your belief in me and that the value of that and the protection over our decision, and, and, the, and giving us favor. And would you help in bringing down divine abundance into our lives? I want you to bless me. And it could be as simple as putting a hand on your head and saying, I bless you. Oh, man, was that that means a lot. If that had happened to me, I would remember that moment so vividly. All three of my girls, when they were growing up, every day, I mean, every day that I was home, and they would go to school, I would bless them at the door and put my hand on their head and pray the ironic blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. I said it just a moment ago, and they remember that very, very clearly, and it's meant a lot in their lives. The blessing is important. Ask for it. Now, you may consider writing down the seven points and giving your future father-in-law a copy, and keep a copy with you. Put it in your wallet. Why? Because I'm going to suggest something. What I'm gonna suggest is that every anniversary that comes down the road, the first and the fifth and the 11th and the 16th and the 23rd and the 48th and the 53rd and the 60th anniversary, you pull out that piece of paper and you look through that list and ask yourself, have I kept my word? And if so, continue on. If not, make the correction. Make the correction, but that little list of seven things could be, could be the thing that keeps you on track in the future. Because not not every day is going to be rosy, and not every day is going to be a honeymoon. Life can get tough, especially with children and job situations. And you got to be committed to what you said, and you got to be committed to quality, and you got to be committed to virtue, and you got to be committed to heroic heroic uh, action in your life that so often we forget what we intended to do. And that's why I say, write this down. Put it in your office. Put it on an index card in the bathroom. Make a copy in your phone. Put a make a copy in your wallet. Let it guide you and direct you. Remember the day that you said to that man, may I marry your daughter? And he says, yes. Can I receive your blessing? Listen, if you use this, I want to hear from you. I'd love for you to share the the good things that have happened in your life, or maybe your story of asking for your wife. Go ahead and write me. My email is thejeffcavenshow at ascensionpress.com. Hey, by the way, next June, Father Mike Schmitz and I are going to be going to Israel. We had to postpone last year because of COVID. This last June, but we're going to be going next June and start looking for the information on my website, jeffcavins.com. We're going to have all kinds of incredible singers. It's going to be a great time. And I hope, I really hope that things settle, settle down by then so that we can enjoy a pilgrimage and grow in the Lord on the great, great pilgrimage. Father Schmitz and I have done, I don't know, seven, eight, nine different uh, pilgrimages and just have a wonderful time uh, working together. Okay, my friend, let me pray for you, and if you are going to pop the question and ask the question to uh, uh, her father, I would love to know about this, love for you to share your story, and I do pray for you that God will give you the holy guts to do what is right and be a man, you know, be a man. Now you're saying, well, I'm a woman, I didn't get a lot out of that show. No, yes, you did, you're going to have sons, teach them, teach your sons, when they're, when, they're, when they're coming up on that age where they could start thinking about asking somebody. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Lord, I thank you today for my wonderful friends. And those that are thinking about getting married or, or will get married in the next number of years, Lord, I pray for them right now that you would give them clarity of thought. You would give them vision for the future. You would help them to prepare to be the man or the woman of God for the purpose of marriage. I thank you, Lord, for those who are going to be asking coming up and pray that you'll give them courage, you'll give them grace and prudence. I thank you, Lord, for leading them into this wonderful sacrament of marriage. And it's in the name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you know of anybody pass this show on to them. Thank you and God bless you. We look forward to talking next week.